And with the spirits through him given from yonder glorious throne to thee be endless praise for thou for us has died be thou our lord through endless days adored and magnified amen and you may be for your goodness and your grace to us we want to thank you for the testimonies of using individuals right in this room to be a blessing to others lord we want to thank you for the work that you are doing in the lives and families. And Lord, we know that there is adversity in the future, as there always will be, but we thank you that we can trust you no matter what happens around us. We thank you for your blessings in our lives, and Lord, we thank you for being so good. And Lord, we thank you that you're doing the work in our hearts that we can recognize your goodness in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Brother Franz, if you need a lesson tonight, uh, wave your hand there. I think Andrew's gotten them out. I think we have a few more there. And uh, what we're going to try to do is tonight is simply an overview of the last six weeks we've had uh, in the tabernacle. Uh, next Sunday night, of course, Brother Davison will be preaching next Sunday night. The Sunday night after that will be Brother Bob Mack. And um, so it'll be at least two Sunday nights. And then one thing that I want to do and that we haven't done in quite a while is give our young preachers uh, uh, an opportunity to preach. And so we'll probably be having... Uh, them do several Sunday nights. Uh, I scared Andrew. I said, Andrew, are you ready to do? I mean, finish your first year of Bible college. You ready to preach? And I said, I'll help you a little bit. Okay. And uh, so we we also need to give Peter an opportunity and probably have Brother Franz preach again on Sunday night. So uh, we'll do that through the month of August. And of course, we have summer camp coming up. And uh, want you to uh, make sure and keep all of those things in prayer. So tonight uh, we, we do not have uh, pictures. We hope that you'll be able to create those in your own mind and heart. But what we're going to try to do is just a, a simple overview of everything that we have done. Kind of just uh, put this... Uh, 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 series on the tabernacle at a good stopping point and if uh, the Lord leads we might pick it up again in September but uh, we've certainly covered a lot of information and so I want you to turn in your Bible we're just going to run down through some references here uh, Exodus chapter 27 and uh, the first part we want to to touch on is the service in the tabernacle was extremely limited. If you were going to serve as a priest in the tabernacle, you had to be born into the right family. You had to be a direct descendant of Aaron, only Aaron and his sons. And uh, later on, if you study the history, Eli... Um, you had uh, actually two priests. That's why in Jesus' day you had 
the son of Ithmar and the son of Eleazar, uh, Ananias and Caiaphas, who were serving together. Uh, when Solomon came to the throne, because of Eli's wickedness and his two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, uh, his great-great-great-grandson was put away from the priesthood during the reign of Solomon. There was only one, and then after the um, uh, carrying away to Babylon the res uh, and the restoration of the priesthood in the book of Ezra and Nehemiah, uh, we had the double priesthood again. And uh, verse 26, uh, in chapter 27 of Exodus, in verse 21, it says, in the tabernacle of the congregation, I'm sorry, verse 20, it says, And thou shalt command the children of Israel, and they shall bring thee pure oil, olive, beaten for the light, to cause the lamp to burn always, in the tabernacle of the congregation, without the veil, which is before the testimony. Aaron and his son shall order it from evening to morning before the Lord. It shall be a statute forever unto their generations on the behalf of the children of Israel. Now this is specifically speaking about the candlestick, but I love the wording in this one verse, and of course we can't cover every verse, but they were to order the candlestick on behalf in the place of the children of Israel. Not everyone who was a part of Israel was allowed in the tabernacle. If you were going to go through that eastern gate, you had to be a priest. If you read Exodus chapter 38, they had to be dressed in the priestly garments. If they were not wearing the exact garments that God had prescribed, it said that they die not. So they had to be a descendant of Aaron. They had to be dressed in the priestly garments, and they also had to be consecrated as a priest in Exodus chapter 29, uh, just turn the page if you're still there at 27. Uh, verse 1 says, And this is the thing that thou shalt do unto them to hallow them to minister unto me in the priest's office. And you read the rest of the way through the chapter of 29 all 46 verses deal with the consecration of the priest this was a process that took seven physical days before the priest could be ministering in the tabernacle and so uh, the first thing I want us to understand here is the service of the tabernacle was limited to the priest how many of you have heard the Someone used the phrase, but we all serve the same God. We're all children of God. No, we're not. And no, we don't all serve the same God. There are millions of God. The Hindu religion alone, I remember when I was a child uh, in a Christian school, they told us about the Hindu religion had over 3,000 gods a missionary had visited through. Uh, the last I heard, the Hindu religion has over 30 million gods. Uh, and so the simple truth is, in order to be a Hindu, you can believe in one, all, some, or none, and still be a Hindu. Uh, see, 
there's no end to the gods that are out there. Of course, we probably had uh, one of the largest assemblies of people to worship their god, and that's personal entertainment up at Yankee Stadium this afternoon. Uh, you know, all those people come in just to watch a ball game. And you want to know America's true god, it's somewhere between entertainment and another dollar. Uh, and those two things are very well connected because the entertainers wouldn't entertain if they didn't make buku bucks doing so. If you're going to worship God, you've got to be a priest. You've got to be dressed God's way in the garments of the priesthood. And you had to be consecrated as a priest. That process of consecration alone took a week. When Zechariah shows up, in Luke chapter 1, he had already been living in the temple complex at least a week before he offered incense on the altar there, the golden altar, when Gabriel gave him the message of John the Baptist's coming birth. This was not just something that happened. We, we have this mentality to our relationship with God that I can put it on and I can take it off and that is not the way it worked if a priest had the consecrating oil and was serving as a priest the only way he could break that consecration was for the death of his wife his mother or father or a baby sister I guess you would call it a sister that was living at home and unmarried. If his sister who was married and had children, he was not allowed to stop serving as a priest. In fact, if you'll remember when Aaron's two sons, Nadab and Abihu, were killed because of offering strange fire from the Lord, Aaron and Ithmar and Eliezer were not allowed to attend a funeral or mourn in any way for their their brothers, their, his sons, because they had desecrated the temple and died because of their disobedience. Moses said, you let the congregation of Israel mourn, but you're not allowed to because you have the consecrating oil on you as a priest. And yet, how many of us struggle? I do. To keep that service and that attitude of serving God as a priest daily. This was the job of the priest. Nothing was to interfere with his service for the Lord. And we can talk about many other things. They were not allowed to drink wine or strong drink. And, and that means not only alcoholic beverage. That means anything that came from the grape. That, that wasn't theirs. They were not allowed to do many things that normally would be fine to do because they would interfere with their service as a priest. This is the application, the illustration here is what interferes with your service to God as his servant. Those are things that we need to separate from our life. This is what holy living or sanctification is. 
It is asking God, it is working with God to remove these things. The Levites did, were the helpers of the priests. Many of the, much of the work of cutting up the offering and, and uh, uh, removing the entrails of the animals and preparing all of these things were done by the Levites. The cutting of the wood and the bringing of the water and those things were done by the Gibeonites and uh, others who were brought into the children of Israel and their children after them. Now, here's the application here. God had chosen Israel as the vessel through which his revelation would be given to the world. We read Romans 9 through 11, and Paul gives us this story of us as Gentiles being the wild olive branches that are grafted in because the branches that were there were cut off because of disbelief. And the warning was there, you think you've arrived because you're a Gentile and have been added to the vine of the Jewish, of God's faith through the Jewish people. Don't you get secure because if God didn't spare the Jews who disobeyed, he's not going to spare the Gentiles either. God is no respecter of persons, yet we get to the book of Revelation and we covered verse 6 several weeks ago in our study of the book of Revelation. It says, we praise God because he has made us kings and priests unto our God. This is the work that Jesus Christ did. You want to serve God and worship God God's way. First thing, you have to become a priest. How do you do that? Well, you get born into the right family. Amen. That's why Jesus said he must be born again. It's just that simple. The, the, the picture, the language that God uses in his Bible, if you know, um, sorry, the, the, the picture, the language there that God uses is connected. There's a priesthood. Why did Jesus tell Nicodemus he had to be born again? Because... There's a connection here. You had to be born a son of Aaron to be a priest. You have to be born into God's family to be a priest. Now Nicodemus, chances are he was not of the family of Aaron. He was a Pharisee. He was a ruler of the Jews. But he could not approach to the tabernacle and enter the temple in, in his day. But God has made us kings. The garments of the Christian. Ephesians chapter 6. The helmet of salvation. Amen. The breastplate of righteousness. By the way, where did you get your salvation? God gave it to you. Amen. Where do you get righteousness? Same place. Righteousness does not come from you. It is not your ability and your power to obey God that gives you righteousness. It is God's ability in you that allows you obedience to his word that gives you righteousness. These are the things that prepare you, but your life must also be consecrated to serving God. As a Christian, you can backslide 
you can step away. You can move from the place that God has chosen for you to be. You can arrest your spiritual development. You can quench the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. If you're going to operate, if you're going to worship God in the picture and type of the tabernacle, number one, you've got to be saved. Number two, you've got to be clothed in the righteousness that belongs to Jesus Christ. The armor of God is not for you to go out and fight a battle. Read verse 18. It is praying always with all prayer and supplication. That is what God wants us to do. And of course, tonight is our prayer meeting. And you know what? Our prayer meeting is always the least attended service. You know why? Because we're asking you to work tonight. Prayer is the duty and it is the highest calling of the Christian. We've tried and, and I'm not sure that we've gotten there yet. And I want you to continue to pray with me about our prayer list because it is so easy for it just to become a list of names. Just to read through the list, say, I prayed. No, that's not prayer. Nor is waxing eloquent for hour upon hour. Prayer is direct communication with God. It is the effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous man that availeth much. You've got to be consecrated to be that priest. That means you're not allowing other things to distract you and keep you from the duty that God has laid upon you. This is the service. And now I want us to take just a few minutes and go through the daily service or ceremony of the tabernacle. The first thing the priest would do is he would enter the service of the tabernacle in the, in the morning. All of these things would be in line. He would be a priest. He would be dressed in the priestly garments. He had the consecrating oil upon him. The morning sacrifice. A lamb every morning. The embers of, of the fire from the sacrifice from the night before were still to be burning upon that altar. How many of you have ever had to make a fire that had to burn all night and still have coals in the morning? I mean, I've been camping a few times, and, and uh, one of the things that was always fun to do was to go through the ashes in the morning and see if there was enough left to start a fire. Uh, but usually you had to get the matches out and start over again. Uh, it's, this was no simple task. But let's go to Genesis chapter 1. The evening and the morning were the first day. Do you realize the number one reason why we will fail in our service for God tomorrow is because we didn't do what we should have done tonight? That is a lesson that will revolutionize your relationship with God if you just get a hold of it. 
It's not something that we can just put on. It's something that we've got to live. I've often used the statement, people question, am I serving God? Am I in God's will? Well, the key to getting in God's will is getting there right now. Because if you're in God's will today, chances are you'll be there tomorrow. Amen? Jesus died on the cross, this morning's message, to keep us in God's will. And so we've got to work on this. The morning sacrifice was dependent wholly upon the work of the priest that was done the night before. So that morning sacrifice, the fire had to be rekindled from the embers that were left over of the fire of the night before. Part of those coals would be shoveled into a censer that the priest would take those burning coals into the tabernacle, and that's what the offering of incense was fired by. Now, those coals that he got in the morning had to rekindle the fire and still had to be hot enough and live enough to smolder during the day, during the daylight hours to keep the candles, uh, to keep the incense going. He would order the candlestick. He would replace the wicks. He would refill the oil. By the way, what happened if the candlestick went out? Let me tell you, the priest could not see what he was doing. There was no light. The candlestick could not go out. If it did go out, the priest very likely would die because he would transgress the commandment of God in going places and doing things that he had no right to do because he would not be able to see. How many of you have ever tried to find the light switch you know where it is but when it is really dark you can't find it now can you and again the key here is what was done the night before allows him to see to order the light for the day ahead it is a continual it is a constant program that had to be done he would put new wicks in, he would refill the oil one at a time. Then came the offering of the morning incense where the coals from the brazen altar would be put upon the golden altar before the veil and the incense would be sprinkled upon it. Once all of those things were done, then it was time for the priest to get to work. You know what? In our daily relationship with God, if we do not take care of a few things, we will not have what we need to serve our Lord and to help others. Uh, I call it the empty cup syndrome, and it will happen in your life if it has not happened yet. It just human nature causes this to happen, is we want to pour out of ourselves to help other people. Amen? That is human nature. God put it there because that's what God did for us. He poured himself out on the cross and in the word of God and all the things that God has done. 
But what happens is if you don't have a full cup, you can only pour so much out. And then we take a cloth and put in the cup and try to dab the remnants out and pass it around, and we wonder why we're not doing any good. Now, I wish I could tell you that I have this down perfectly and everything is just wonderful every day, but it is a battle that we must engage in. You see, the morning sacrifice. Well, we'll get there in a minute. I'm getting ahead of myself. Then come the daily sacrifices of the people. There would be sin offerings. There would be trespass offerings. There would be... Uh, free will offerings, there would be peace offerings, there would be thanksgiving offerings, and every one of those offerings had a specific set of rituals with which the priest had to fulfill, and there was often feasting and other things that were involved in those sacrifices. It's interesting, we, we're not going to take time to go through all the sacrifices right now, but when you offered a sin or a trespass offering, there was nothing for you. Any, anything that came excess out of that offering belonged to the priest. But when you gave a peace offering, there was a part of that offering that was reserved as a special meal for your family. When you did a thanksgiving offering or a free will offering, that, that even extended not only for one day but for two days. A part of that sacrifice was reserved for you and your family to enjoy the blessings of God. And, of course, we could spend the whole evening on where there's a biblical sacrifice, there's always a biblical feast. But it doesn't work that way in the world. When you sacrifice in the world, you lose it. But when you sacrifice for God, there's always the feast that comes along with it. Now the evening is coming on. As the sun was beginning to set, the priest would then order and offer the evening sacrifice. Another lamb offered exactly the same way as the morning sacrifice was, and that fire was put in order so that the next morning things would be there. He would order the candlestick, new wicks, more oil, that the candlestick would still be burning brightly when the sun came up the next morning. The last thing that he would do would take the coals that he had removed from the altar during the evening sacrifice, and he would once again clean the golden altar off, put new embers on there, and offer the evening incense. This was the day in the life of a priest. In the morning, the morning sacrifice, again, we've talked about this many times, the altar is a picture of the death of self. It is the willful submission of your life to the judgments of God, but that doesn't always work all the time. How many of you have had to stop in the middle of the day and re-surrender to the Lord? Uh, this is what is being spoken of here. The brass, the constraints of God's judgment is what gives us protection from the fires that consume our will. 
he would constantly stop at the laver. He would wash the ashes off his hand. He would wash the blood and the hair from the sacrifice from his hands. And he would wash his feet before he entered the tabernacle. And by the way, the laver, of course, is a picture of the working of God's word in your life. The washing of the water of the word. If you don't have the word in your heart, you're not going to get very clean. You can't walk through the day with your Bible open reading. And chances are, you're not going to be reading the passage that you need at that exact time. God often will have you do that. But if you want to make sure you have the scripture you need when you need it, you've got to be reading constantly. It, the water's already got to be in the laver to wash. Amen? Once you enter the tabernacle, you will have the bread on the table. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Amen. You will have the candlestick. But if you didn't order the candlestick the night before, don't plan on seeing very well today. And if you don't order the candlestick this morning, don't plan on seeing very well because it could be a bright, sunny day. But inside the tabernacle was total darkness without the candlestick. Because the veils and the curtains that covered, uh, covered and, and would not allow any light in there. The highest goal, the closest you can get to God, is the golden altar of incense, is prayer. How many of you have actually prayed for something that God answered? I'll tell you what, there's joy there that you just can't get anywhere else. Amen? And if you're going to have that joy, You've got to go through this life process. Every part of your life will be ordered by the Word of God. Somebody said, Pastor, what's your recovery program at your church? Well, it starts out with daily devotions. Amen. That's what the Bible reading schedule. And by the way, if all you do is the daily Bible reading schedule there, that little calendar... Uh, you're not doing a lot. Don't pat yourself on the back. I read my daily Bible reading schedule. That's minimum daily requirements. You, most of us need more than that. We've got to get God's word in our life. There's got to be that daily willful submission to the judgments of God. And by the way, that will be new each morning and each evening. It is to be a continual thing that is never to end. The highest goal in our life is to be able to pray for those things that God wants us to pray for so that he can answer those prayers according to his will. The life of the priest was to stand between those who were not priests and God. The life of the priestly believer is to stand between a world that doesn't have salvation and a God that gives it so that others may develop or have a relationship with God. Amen. But if you haven't prepared yourself, God can't use you to win others. And by the way, if you win them, that person better check their salvation. Amen. It's God that does the winning. But he wants to use you and I to take the message. 
Now, I can't explain it, but it's a wonderful process when you're a part of it. Amen? Well, now comes the time of the evening. What are we going to do? We're going to reorder everything just like we did in the morning. By the way, is this a complex thing that you had to memorize thousands of little rules and rituals in order to do? No, it's fairly simple. You could learn in just a few days everything you needed to know to be a priest. Living for God is not complicated. But consistency is probably the greatest accomplishment of the Christian life. Would you agree with me on that? And it's the thing we lack the most. Now, our revival meeting coming up, guess what that's for? That's a time to supercharge your Christian life. That's a time to really get back on track. It's a time to, uh, we want to, you need to pray. I hope you have been praying that God will give Brother Davis and the messages. He doesn't carry uh, revival or God's blessings in, a, in his suitcase. God has to give him the messages that God wants him to preach. And we need to pray because oftentimes if we're not prayed up, even though God allows the preacher to preach the message that needs to be preached, we will not be spiritually in tune enough to receive the message that God has. And so this idea of the tabernacle, again, what did Paul say? First Thessalonians 5, pray without ceasing. How do you do that? Well, you order the altar of incense in the morning. You order the altar of incense through the day. If you have problems sleeping, one thing that might help you is in your own mind and heart, offer the evening sacrifice. Again, surrender willfully to the death of self and obedience to God's word. Go through the process of the priest. Wash the soot off your feet and off your hands. Step into the tabernacle. Open up God's word and read. And ask God to feed you from the bread of his word. Amen. Ask God to open your eyes and order the candlestick. Get direction. And by the way, if you don't know where you need to go and where you need to find in the Bible the direction you need, call me. Please do not ever use the excuse, well, Pastor, you're so busy. I'm not that busy. If I can't take your phone call right at that moment, I'll ret I return my phone calls. Uh, if it's at all possible. And we'll get you heading in the right place in the scripture. Order that altar of incense. Pray that God would give your mind and your soul rest. Rest does not happen just because you close your eyes. If you don't have peace in your heart before you go to sleep, you're not going to get any sleep, any rest while you sleep. 
This is what the tabernacle is all about, my friend. We could go on and on. But I think you have the basic idea, the truth that is there. That God orders every part of your life. Think about these things in the morning. Think about these things during the day. Is my life being ordered to help bring others to Jesus Christ? And in the evening, prepare for the next morning. So that when you wake up, you'll be ready. The embers will still be there. Because if the fire goes out, it's going to be hard to start it up again. Yeah, you can get out your matches or your little lighter or whatever you happen to carry around, but that strange fire, God doesn't accept it. God started the fire on the brazen altar. And he kept it burning from the foot of Mount Sinai until Nebuchadnezzar destroyed the temple in 600 B.C. That is the claim of the Jewish people of the fire upon the brazen altar. I'll tell you, each day leads to the next. We've got to order our lives as the priest ordered the tabernacle. And all God's people said, Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight. We ask that you would work in our hearts and lives, that they may be ordered according to your word. Lord, that during this week you would remind us and bring to our hearts and lives tonight as we lay down to get rest, that we may live and work and do the things that must be done tomorrow, that you would help us to order our lives as the priest ordered the tabernacle, that our life would be ready and prepared, that when we wake up in the morning to order the new day, the same way as the day before. Lord, help us to see the simplicity and obedience to you and your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We'll take just a moment, if you'd like to just slip out of your seat.